you may have realized that being healthy feels different than it did in the past now that you're over 50. If you want to maximize your health potential but don't have time to read through overwhelming pages of Google links, this is the show for you. Welcome to Healthy Tips After 50. We love doing the research, finding solutions, talking to health experts, and learning what works and what doesn't. Now, your host. She spent the last 25 years dedicated to feeling her best and is here to share her best findings with you, Susan Rosen. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Susan Rosen. And today, as I always say, I have a very interesting guest. And his name is Dr. Stan Goldberg. And he is actually a fellow Northern Californian, just like I am, which is very unusual. So welcome, Stan. And um, tell us a little bit about yourself and why we should be interested in you. (laughs) Well, the, the last question, I'm not sure why you should be interested in me. Yeah, just you know, I'm just people, teasing. <laughs> I know. People might be interested, though, in uh-huh. some of the things that I found out about senior mm-hmm. moments. Um, yes. Just a bit of background about myself. Um, I taught at San Francisco State for 25 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the area that I specialized in was communication disorders. Uh, and these were of you know children, adolescents, adults. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, I was the director of the program for a while, director of the clinic. And what was especially interesting to me was trying to understand how people learned new behaviors, because that that was that was the, the whole ball of wax. You know, if you're a therapist, you know, whether it's a speech language pathologist, that's what I was, mm-hmm. you know, or counselor, psychotherapist, it doesn't make a difference. What you're trying to do is you're trying to get people to change. And the question is, how do you get them to change? And a prior question is, what is it that they want to change and how do you go about facilitating that? Mm-hmm. So I retired when I was 57. Uh, oh. I had, I had prostate cancer oh. and, and, but that, but that was secondary to the reason that I retired uh-huh. was I was having significant memory issues. Ah, yes. And I didn't realize that at that time, there's a thing called REM sleep disorder. Mm, mm-hmm. A lot of people have it and don't realize they don't even know what it is. So mm-hmm. very briefly, there's a part of your brain that that allows your body to be paralyzed when it sleeps. Oh, so right. you're you're having these incredible nightmares that you're running or jumping in some place. Well, if your body remains paralyzed as it should, you don't act them out. Well, the uh, body is a little weird. It acts them out. And the problem oh, no. with that is um, I would flail at night and hit my wife. Oh, uh, that's so, nice. So that that became the reason that this might be something I want to deal with rather than yeah. keep, keep it being suspected of being a spousal abuser. Yeah. So I found out that, yes, this was a, uh, a disorder that mm-hmm. often resulted in uh, memory loss and other problems with them. Uh, okay so i started looking into that and th- th- at that point i was just basically interested in how can i take care of this issue how can i 
you know, remember a birthday party that I had mm-hmm. no recollection of that this mm-hmm. was a birthday party. People came from around the country. I have no <laughs> recollection of, I don't even know what, who was there or what I ate. I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh, but I have some of those kind of memories myself or non-memories. <laughs> we do. And, and they, they all were related to sleep. So I began mm. to understand that, that there was, there was a lot going on that I didn't quite understand. And then I went to, I have a good friend of mine lives in North Carolina. And this was when Haley's Comet was circling the, the, the Earth. Uh-huh. It was visible everywhere. And, and he was uh, an amateur astronomer. And he's explaining everything to me about the comet. And, and he says, you know, this is, I, I said, well, Rich, how far is it away? And he said, six, over six million miles. And I went, wow, is that from here or your house? <laughs> I thought about it. I said, what am I nuts? That's the stupidest thing I've ever said. <laughs> I realized, did he think you were kidding? <laughs> I did. He did. Oh, and good. when he sees this video, he'll realize that I wasn't. <laughs> but but the, the issue then came to me was, you know, why would I say that? You know, I, yeah. I, I think of myself as a reasonably intelligent person. Yet I made it, you know, I said something that was just inexcusable. So that started my interest in in senior moments and what they are. I looked at at the the literature. Mm-hmm. First, I looked at the popular literature, mm-hmm. and there was not that much written on senior moments. And mm-hmm. what was there ninety nine percent of it looked at it as a joke. These were these were funny things. This is something mm-hmm. you should laugh at. Um, there was even some that that looked at it as as strange as this sounds. As, as as a way of reinforcing your religion in you know your your belief, huh? Okay. Other going yeah. But but it's but so there was nothing there that really that yeah. made any sense. So I started looking at at the the research literature, uh-huh. scholarly works, and there was virtually nothing on senior moments. Wow. You know, I started lifting more, and I I was counseling uh, caregivers mm. in the past. Mm. And and these you know the issues kept coming up. So mm-hmm. what I began to realize is that there is something about these about senior moments mm-hmm. that that are, that goes beyond something that's laughable. You know, yeah. A, a, oh, yeah. A, a, a woman who you know a grandmother who calls her grandchild her favorite grandchild by the wrong name. You know, there's nothing joking. There's nothing laughable. No. Either no. to the child or to her. No. So I started looking at at you know what's going on here, and what I found is yeah. you had a group of things that I called myths, okay. and then you had instances of senior moments that you say, well, yeah, yeah, this looks like this and this and this, and they had something in common. So that's when I started wow. looking at. So that's not necessarily a brief background, but that's yeah. got me interested in in looking. Uh-huh. At moments yeah no and that that makes so much sense because i'm assuming that there's probably not just one reason right it may have the same thing may happen in the brain but there could be a lot of different things that bring it on yeah well you know let's look at at types of senior moments because Mm -hmm. that was another one of the myths Mm -hmm. you know 
you know, they tr you treated all senior moments as the same. And if you do that, that's like, well, you, you know about nutrition. That's like saying, well, let me see. I have a fatty piece of steak. I have uh, kale. Uh, I have whole wheat bread and a pound of lard. And they're all food. Well, you're right. If they are, but what does that tell you? It's the same thing with senior moments. Yeah. They're different. You know, I'll just very briefly list each of them. So the, the one mm -hmm. that's most common to everybody is you forget names and numbers. Mm. You know, you, you can't quite remember. So that, yeah, that's one thing. The, the second one is, I'm sure you know people who continually repeat stories. Or oh, yeah. Any question over and over and over again has become the butt of jokes. That's another type of senior moment. A mm. third is misplacing objects. Ah, uh, yes. Your keys, your, I mean, my, my, my wife goes through, you know, losing her glasses 10 times a day. And I always nod my head and, and say, look in your pocket, you know, it's always there. Um, you also have another type of senior moment where you're substituting words. So, okay. you know, yes. so you, you want to say one thing and something. I do some of that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, with some people, and and this includes me, the big issue is problems with sequencing. So I'll give you. Mm. Uh, I'm sitting down at my computer, and I'm working on something, and I decide mm -hmm. hmm, to get a cup of coffee. Mm. So my office is on one level, the kitchen is on the upper level. By the time I get up to the kitchen, I go, "Why am I here? <laughs> what am I supposed to do?" Okay. The same thing happens often when, let's say, I am writing and I cut out a section I want to move. Uh -huh. uh -huh. and, out and you try to move it and you go, wait a minute, what did I cut out? Where was this supposed to go? And you end up losing massive amounts. Yeah. But that's another type. Um, for a lot of seniors, there's a difficulty in completing tasks. So, ah, you know, yeah. you may, some people call it, you, you procrastinate, you know, they use other ah. words for it, but that can, that that's, can be the genesis of a senior moment. Mm -hmm. um, you can conflate memories. So, you know, mm. a lot of times, let's say my wife would be talking about an event that we went to and I'd listen, I go, those are three events. She just <clears> combined <throat> into one, you know, and, and that those are types of senior moments. Uh-huh. You also have difficulty understanding um, and, and you, you know, can be caused from a lot of different reasons, but that can generate uh, a senior moment. And the last one, and probably the, the most concerning one is disorientation. Mm. So, and it, it occasionally happens to me, let's say I'm, I'm going to mm -hmm. drive off to Home Depot mm -hmm. and I made a wrong turn. I'm in another neighborhood that I'm not familiar with. And I think, how am I going to get there? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't remember how to make which turns do I take. Mm -hmm. So those are nine types of senior moments. Mm -hmm. And what what's important is we can look at each one of those things mm -hmm. and look at the genesis of it. Where you know how did this happen? You know that, that mm -hmm. these are just, mm -hmm. these are our identification of the situations, but the cause is something that, that, you know, that I learned, you know, when I was working with, with people with communication disorders. Okay. And that is virtually every senior moment mm -hmm. is the result 
of a problem in how we process information. Okay, makes sense. And so if you think about it, and the question is, well, okay, well, how do we process information? There are, are very specific steps that are taken. The first is, attention. you know, you have to uh-huh. absorb something, uh-huh. before, you know, before your, your brain does anything with it. And then once you, you have that, then you've got to make sense of it. You know, you have to understand it. Once mm-hmm. it's understood, it goes into memory and there it's stored where at some time in the future, you're going to need to retrieve it and mm-hmm. then finally to use it. So those mm-hmm. are the stages of information processing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, although it sounds very simple, the way it goes one, two, three, four, five, you know, it's a very complicated process. And what's what's amazing mm-hmm. is, you know, the brain can do this in milliseconds, you know, faster than computers can. Um, and so that that's like the basic outline. That's what's going on with, with senior moments. Interesting. Okay. No, it make it makes a lot it makes a lot of sense. I mean it there's a reason why they why they compare the brain with a computer. Well it's it's an interesting, you know, comparison because yeah. You know, it, it, I read some figures once like the, the, the a computer may take like 100 watts to do something in a certain amount of time. Mm. Brain does it in milliseconds in, in an even shorter, you know, with a shorter, less amount of wattage. So it, it's a, it, the, the comparisons can go just far. Uh, our brains are so complicated that when, when a neurologist or someone like me says, this is what's happening mm-hmm. in the brain, it should be understood that we're hypothesizing. We yeah. really don't know what's going on. There, there was a, a great um, psychologist named B.F. Skinner in the, oh, 19, yeah. in the 1950s. What he said was, you know, we can see what's coming into our heads. We can see what goes out, but we have no idea what's in the center. And, and that's the approach I take when looking at senior moments. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, I, I can, I have, use conjecture on a lot of things because there isn't any data but mm-hmm. i look at the results if i say that something should happen you know if we do this so if if i give an example and this would go under strategies mm-hmm. uh, quite often if, if you can reinforce a memory by making it concrete so you're not just mm-hmm. relying mm-hmm. on what you think but what you see right and so I will work with a client. I say, okay, let, let's try this. What I'm going to do is you keep saying that you forget your keys or your wallet or your phone before you leave the mm-hmm. house. Let's do this. I'm going to make a, th- a number three on a mm-hmm. card and I'm going to put it in front of your door. So you can't leave the house without seeing that number three. And that's going to remind you, you need those three items. And so I say to myself, because this mm-hmm. is called single subject research, okay. and that, okay, I'm not making any generalizations about everybody, but for this person, if we try this, what will happen? Yeah. So try it for a month, and guess what? He never forgets those three items. I say, I say to myself, I may not know exactly what's going on in the brain, but this is a strategy that works. And yeah. therefore, for this person using a physical cue improves memory. Mm-hmm. And, and you can do that for a variety of things. So 
following on from that, if you took the three down after he'd been doing it for three months or something? Well, we're talking about me. <laughs> I know. When, when, I, when I took the three down, what happened? Uh -huh. Yeah. That, that was over a year ago. I okay. don't get those three items anymore. Because yeah. okay. what happens in the brain. That's what I was thinking, probably, yeah. Okay, think about it this way. Your 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 brain is like a vacuum cleaner. It just wants to suck up everything. Mm -hmm. And in the process of doing that, let's say there's something you really want to remember. So it takes mm -hmm. the memory and, and we think it's stored through the use of chemicals. I mean, again, all conjecture, but we know something happens and it's placed in a certain place of the in a part of the brain. Well, with memory, unless it's an incredible traumatic event or something mm -hmm. unbelievably yeah. strong, that memory tends to fade over time. Okay. But you can reinforce it. If you continually reinforce it for a period of time, uh -huh. that fading process becomes less strong. And then eventually it is so firmly planted mm -hmm. that you don't lose it. And and again, to, to give you an example with, with myself, again, I did this for three months. It, it would not, you know, the, the sign was there. People thought I was uh -huh. nuts. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Why do you have a three on your door? But what happened was every time I left the house and I saw that three, that memory that I needed to leave with three things in my pocket, not uh -huh. only in my pocket, but I also put myself, all, my cell phone always in my left pocket in my mm -hmm. right pocket or my keys okay. in my wallet. Okay. So even when the sign was down, mm -hmm. you know, as I was walking out of the house, in intuitively, I would check my pockets. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I don't lose items like that anymore. <laughs> okay, okay. That's, yeah, it, it's interesting. What what came to mind for me is 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 something that I memorized because I used it so much you know, decades ago, which was my driver's license number. Mm -hmm. Somebody asked me what my driver's license number is. I can just say it, you know, without a problem. If I stop and think about it, then it can be sometimes I'll, I'll miss a number or two. But if it's just like out of the habit kind of right. thing. Yeah. yeah. And you probably can do that with your zip code, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll tell you a funny story about a zip code. And this was actually, on the, I was, it was going down close to where you live. Mm. And, uh, you know, you, you have to give your zip code when you use your, your credit card with the gas machines. So remember, I've lived in the same house now for over 40 <laughs> years. Okay. Okay. I use the credit card. I've got a line of, of cars waiting. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure put my credit card in and ask for the, the zip code. I can't know. Oh, yeah. No matter how hard I tried, it doesn't come there. Uh huh. So the, the question then became, okay, here's an example of a memory not working. Why, why did this happen? Well, when, when we look at, at senior moments, uh -huh. we always want to think about, is this something serious? I mean, is this telling me something about how my brain is not working or is this just a laughable event? Mm. So I started looking at what was going on prior to not mm. being able to remember the zip code. Okay. Well, I had a difficult night. I was exhausted. I, you know, I had not, did not sleep well. 
I had yeah. seven different things I was trying to complete. And so it was okay not to be concerned. I can explain why it happened. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's like that, you know, that's what we we would hope people do whenever they have a senior moment. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of things. One is what are the circumstances? Mm-hmm. Uh, is this problem? What's the context in which it occurred? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you, you don't you don't treat every senior moment as if it pretends if, if it's forecasting dementia. Right. It's not. Yeah. 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 No. And that um, I, I can totally come up with my own my own examples of that for sure. We all can. Oh yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. And, and that, that blank feeling, Mm -hmm. right. It's not like, Oh, is it this number or that number? No, no, it's just blank. (laughs) Nothing there. (laughs) Even when that happens, you can use that as a learning experience. Because what it, you know, what you may think is what would, would, what would it be like? to develop mm. I mean, mm. the, the, the latest figures that I saw, uh, according to NIH, is something like 30% of the people who over the age of like 81 or 82 developed yeah. dementia. Th- that's a frightening number. Okay? And if that's the case, wouldn't you want to do something now to prepare you in, in clay? In, in case you are a part of that 30%. So something like, you know, analyzing, having that that feeling of mm-hmm. blank. Mm-hmm. I say to you, okay, this is what it might feel like if I start developing dementia. Mm-hmm. And if I read Stan Goldberg's book, I know what I can do to, to minimize it. I'm looking forward to it. Believe okay. me. <laughs> Is this the point where we tell people what the name of the book is? Sure, sure. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Tell them yeah. all about it. This, this, this is the the book. It's coming out in October, um, and it's called "Preventing Senior Moments: How to Stay Sharp in Your Nineties and Beyond." And it can be pre-ordered from Amazon this very minute. But you may want to wait until we're done with the podcast and then run to your computer and order it. Is that enough of a plug? Uh-huh. Yeah. No, I like that. I like that. That's very good. You gave all the pertinent information where they can find it, the name of it, and that your name is Stan Goldberg. And that, that, so. that's the last uh, right. the yeah. last little piece, right? Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's um, it really is scary. I can still remember, which is which is actually kind of funny when you say it that way. Um, um, I don't know, I guess it was in the middle of the lockdown and I was driving and I hadn't been driving around very much. And I was driving in a neighborhood that I used to live in, in, in Oakland, I think it was, might've been Berkeley and got to a certain point And my, I was like, Oh my God, I don't know which way I'm supposed to go. It's like it didn't even look familiar. No. Yeah. It was like I was in a totally different place. I've been there. Scared <laughs> the shit out of me. Yes. Yeah. It, it absolutely it, it happened. It happened to me. Uh, this was years ago when my, my son was went to school at the University of Arizona. 
and we know no, Tucson. Tucson. Oh, Tucson. Okay. So we went into a mall. It's just one of these huge malls, and and I I don't like malls. They're just too big and too noisy. But he wanted to buy something, and I needed to buy something. And I said, okay, I'll meet you back here. You know, when. Uh-oh. In 10, 15 minutes. And I didn't realize that you had, there was like 10 entrances to the oh, no. building. And they all looked the same. Uh-huh. So, you know, I beca- I panicked because I, I couldn't find him. Yes. And, I, and I knew he was worried about me because, yeah. I mean, right. yes, yes. Yeah. So, so that happens. One of, one of the things that occurs also is although sometimes uh, we make fun of senior moments, mm. there are times when we need to take them very seriously. Mm. Give you an example, um, my mother would come out and visit us here in San Francisco, uh, usually once or twice a year. And um, I came home one time and I didn't see her, you know, and, you know, and the, she, she wasn't going to walk anywhere. She wasn't going to, and I just couldn't find her. And we have a deck in the back of the house that goes down into a forested area. Oops. And, you know, so I came and I looked and I, I didn't see her anywhere. I went out on the deck and I saw the gate open. And so right. I panicked and, you know, I looked and here came my mother from behind a tree and she was holding branches and leaves and sort of walking up, I said, Mom, what are you doing? She said, you know, the forest looks so messy from inside, I decided to straighten it out. <laughs> I said, Mom, it's a forest. Okay. Great story for parties. Everybody loved it. Everyone in the family said, yeah, yeah. That, that, that scared that, the shit out of you, right? Yeah. I did. <laughs> but what was worse is um, when she died, uh-huh. At that point, we were, we were only seeing her twi- once, twice a year. When she died, mm-hmm. all of her friends came up to me and would, started telling me stories about my mother's getting disoriented. <gasps> oh, so, no. Although she was pretending yeah. that it was just the senior moment. And I f- probably found it convincing or convenient to believe the same thing. It was an early indication of a beginning of dementia for her Mm -hmm. so you know when we look at senior moments we need to to think about them not as as anything that's absolutely certain or it has no variation you need to look at each one individually Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i think also for so many of us as we've got as we've gotten older and then our parents get older right like you're talking about my mother um started having issues she wasn't driving quite so much and she wasn't you know i mean she was just she wasn't feeling well but she wasn't getting out a lot she was living in la at the time um and she started hearing other people mm-hmm. that were talking about her and they, wanted, and they wanted oh yeah and they wanted to kill her no. and 
you know, and it's like half the time she was fine. And um, we actually brought her up here, moved her up here to the Bay Area. Um, and it was interesting because the the psychiatrist, I think it was, that we took her to, or I, she might have already been seeing her, I don't remember, um, said that it was from, um, I'm trying to think, what it wasn't alienation, but it was like, you know, the fact she wasn't having, she wasn't talking to anybody. Disassociation? No, no. just like not like Isolation. loneliness, yeah. kind of, right? Yeah. Some people hear friends or whatever, and, and she heard people who wanted to kill her. Um, but that that's that was their whole thing was that that was what was creating it. You know, I, which I, I thought was kind of interesting. It didn't help to bring her up here. She just got more scared. It it also is is probably an explanation when someone really doesn't know what's going on. Uh, I mean, I've I've heard this a lot. I've heard psychological mm. explanations for things that are occurring when we know physiologically something is going on mm -hmm. uh, and they don't know why and you know and i've i've experienced audio auditory hallucinations because of my my rem sleep disorder now oh, okay now you know i'm not angry at anybody i yeah. i don't feel someone is coming in to you know to harm me uh -huh. yeah uh, but if i start hearing noises i go aha okay whatever is going on physiologically yeah. is producing these sounds and and that's what it is yeah. so you know i'm i'm sure that yeah. that that a, a psychological condition or event may be a precipitating uh, mm -hmm. element for hallucinations but yeah. i think it's it's more beneficial to start looking at what's going on neurologically and uh -huh. yeah you know, I, I don't think we're we're very far into that I've understood. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I I would agree. I would agree. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And whatever it was, she she didn't. Mm -hmm. Whatever they tried didn't work. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah. So she she had enough, and she mm -hmm. took it in her own hands. Um. Anyways, so yeah, there's so there's so much there's so much we don't know. Mm -hmm. As you said, um, I think there's a that we know a lot more than we used to. Yes, but <laughs> when it's this big and you know you you now know this much instead of that much, you know. Well, well I, you know, interesting. It's, it doesn't it doesn't produce a sense of helpless helplessness in no, me. No, no, but no, no. It says, "Let me see if I can find alternative ways." Mm. Of what's going on and and that's when i i revert back to bf skinner's black box right. you know i i mean if i'm working with someone who is embarrassed because mm -hmm. of senior moments mm -hmm. i don't need to know physiologically what's going on as long as i can test out different strategies that uh. work to reduce uh -huh of that and and in the book there are uh there are eight strategies that okay. people can use and and it's all laid out so it's very simple mm -hmm. you know and i'm sure we don't have time to go over all of them but let me oh, yeah. just, just a couple real uh -huh. quick okay 
one of the the best strategies that I found that works tremendously is very simple. It's slowing down. Yeah. Um, And it's slowing down what you're doing, what you're saying, what you're reading. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me, euphemistically, the best way of thinking of, of, of what's happening is you have a machine that has two clogs, okay? If everything is working perfectly, you know, they just mesh like this and, and they hums along. But if one is slightly out of skew, you know, it just keeps clanging like that. So if you have a senior moment, if it's, let's say, related to doing something, mm-hmm. try doing it slower and see if you have a senior mm-hmm. moment when the mm-hmm. behavior is slowed if you have senior moments because you're you're saying something silly at a book club meeting uh-huh. you know that you thought you read read slower and uh-huh. there's lots of, of different tactics that can use to make things more comprehensive so mm. that, that's one uh there is another another um strategy that's called challenging your brain some some of the recent research in neurology has been absolutely fascinating on the growing of new neurons and new mm. connections and they found oh. they found this even in people with alzheimers wow. you know there was a period of time when we thought you know brain cells die that's it they're gone nothing to, well that's not right the case. so <clears throat> the question then becomes if this is true what makes it that way? You know, what can mm-hmm. we do to increase the gray matter? Mm-hmm. Well, two things, very simple. One is things that are creative, and the other things that are cognitive that are really stressing the brain. Okay. Do each of those two things, and just notice whether doing that in general is going to help senior moments. You know, get off the couch turn off the TV, stop watching reruns of Law and Order and go outside and plant rose bushes, you know, anything like that, you know, even something as simple as as a six-year-old's cardboard puzzle. What do you do with a puzzle? You have, uh, you're you're working with perception, you're Mm -hmm. figuring out placement of objects, you're turning things, you're looking at, Mm -hmm. so anything like that. Uh, try doing uh-huh. that. I think you're going to find that it should have an effect on those things that you are most concerned about that you call senior moments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So it's not like, well, this works best if you have this kind of a senior moment. It's like this thing, these things work for any kind of senior moments. Some of them do. Okay. You know, yeah. The rate does, and that even works for disorientation, which is the most difficult. Mm. You know, when you're driving in a strange neighborhood, yeah. slow down. <laughs> slow down. Yeah. So, so you have a, a better perception of what's around you. It uh-huh. gives brain also more time to create a memory that you can rely on later. Okay. Yeah. So things like that work. Oh, yeah. And if there's a lot of traffic or something, pull over for a couple of minutes. Exactly. Just to orient yourself a little bit better. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Because the way people drive these days, if you go too slow, you know, they start honking and go around you and, and all this other stuff. 
<laughs> which just makes you get more. That's true. <laughs> but that that's from living in big cities, right? <laughs> We're in Florida. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, that's why I stay away from Florida. Um, but all of that being said, um, yeah, so that's, well, I'm sorry, just I'm, so many things to think about. Mm-hmm. Oh, you and, have a senior moment. I, well, I'm always having senior moments. Just ask my husband, he'll be happy to tell you. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I keep telling him to, to stop, stop getting frustrated with me. Mm-hmm. Good luck. Yeah, right. Thank you. My, my, my wife says that to me all the time and doesn't work either. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, I'll just, you know, I, I try and think that, that maybe he's, he's just worried about me. Yes. That, Give him yeah. the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> Good. <laughs> <laughs> so um, anyways, well, with all of that being said, why don't you tell us again a little bit about the book? Um, okay. Are there other ways that people can either get in touch with you or Absolutely. You, know, you have some other interesting books as well, I believe. Yeah, I actually, there, there's quite a few. Uh, <laughs> just happen to have I them. just happen to have them here. Yeah, it's, it's better than I know on, on a lot of the, the TV shows when they interview people, uh-huh. you know, they have like a whole line. Yes. Yeah. Looks ridiculous. So, this, this is one's called Lessons for the Living. Uh-huh. Again, all these are available on Amazon as well. Lessons uh-huh. for the Living. And this is uh, my memoir of uh, being a hospice volunteer for eight years at, <clears throat> oh, wow. the, at the uh, Zen Buddhist Center mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. So that, that's yep. one. Know it well. Mm-hmm. There's another one uh, called Loving, Supporting, and Caring for the Cancer Patient. There we go. Okay. I'm not a very good salesman. No, no. And and this okay. is something that um, I'm not, I don't think I mentioned. I well, I did mention it earlier. I have mm-hmm. cancer. I have prostate mm-hmm. cancer. I've, I've I've had it now for over twenty twenty five years, and oh. I also counsel people with cancer. So uh-huh. this contains things that that are important. I think for uh, for people who, who are caregivers of cancer victims to to know. Mm-hmm. This is another one called Leaning Into Sharp Points. And ah. this is a, a general book on caregiving. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it takes the, the position that caregivers are in almost as much need of being supported as people they're caring for. So oh, yes, this helps there. Uh, yes, yes, I can, I can, I can attest to that one. Uh, this one's called Ready to Learn. Uh, mm. This is um, this is a book. This is one of the first books I wrote a long time ago, uh, and it had to do with trying to figure out what parents can do to enable their children who learn differently succeed. Um, so th- this was again, it's an, it's an old one, and there's others that had to have chapters I've written. But these are the main. Uh-huh. I also uh-huh. have a website. And the website is Stan Goldberg Writer, W-R-I-T-E-R dot com. Mm-hmm. And on there uh, are over 200 articles that I wrote that deal with various problems that, that I've been writing about. So mm-hmm. there's articles there on caregiving, end-of-life issues, 
uh, on cancer, on uh, we're just I'm just starting a section there on senior moments. But mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot of the sections will will go into that. There's a section there on Alzheimer's and dementia as well. Mm, okay. so, uh, you can download any or any of the articles there. You have an, you have the opportunity to comment on the articles. Wow. And I, I try to get back to people usually within 24 hours. Mm-hmm. So that, that, okay. uh, yeah. I, and I, I guess a lot of the other stuff I've written appears on other websites as well. Okay. Okay. Well, I will put all of that in the show notes. Um, just so people know that it's there if they want it. Um, I think most people don't, seems to be my experience. <laughs> most people don't look at the show notes, you know, especially when they listen to the audio. Like, mm-hmm. um, it's like they never read what goes along with it. They just They just listen, and when it's over, they go on to the next one. <laughs> So it's good that you put all of this in the good in our our discussion. I appreciate you allowing me to do that. Oh, hey, that's that's part of the service. What can I say? So, um, anyways, okay. Well, with all of that said, um, I always feel really stupid having to say this, but I kind of do have to, anyways. Which is, and it's not totally true that neither of us are doctors, at least I'm not. And this is not to be seen as medical advice. Absolutely. So if you are having problems, please go see someone Yeah, and, and just, get some help. Yes. Just a quick aside, when my mother would be explaining to her friends what I do, and mm-hmm. she would say, well, he's a doctor, but not the type that helps people. Oh, no. <laughs> So, so yes. Yeah, so, so don't, don't, don't take medical advice from me because I don't help people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That I like that. That's a great way to end the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Oh, well, thank you. It's been just the information is, is absolutely wonderful and I definitely need it. So, and I will see everybody else next week. This has been Healthy Tips After 50 with Susan Rosen. To stay on the cutting edge of the most effective health strategies, subscribe to this podcast and let us know what you thought of the show with a comment or like on iTunes. Visit HealthyTipsAfter50.com for this episode's show notes, more resources, and free offers.